Yes. What is going on, bitch? Listen, what is really going on? Welcome to the Solomon Ray podcast, and I am your host, Solomon Ray. This is the second episode, and before I even get into it, I just really got to say thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode. I'm really astonished and amazed and slightly bewildered, too, at how much you guys supported this. Y'all really showed up and showed out, honestly, and I'm just so thankful. We debuted on the Spotify trending podcast charts at number 50. Now, bitch, the chart is only comprised of 50 spots, so she barely made it, but I'm happy nonetheless. That's crazy because even out of thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts out there, bitch, we are number 50. We still made that motherfucking list, so thank you. Congratulations, bitch. And if that's not even crazy, we peaked last week at number 57 on the Apple Podcast charts in the United States and number four in Great Britain and number three in Canada. Yo, I'm just so shocked. I'm eternally grateful for all that support. It's, again, I'm just bewildered. So with that being said, before we even get into this podcast, even talking about anything, any sort of topics, I just got to say thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for the reviews and the ratings on Apple Podcasts as well, because as of right now, there are 192 ratings and reviews. She's an icon. She's a legend. Like, for real, bitch. Like, it hasn't even been a solid week, girl. It hasn't even been a week, girl. And y'all really just doing the most. So I just really got to say thank you. And I just want to take this little moment quickly to shout you guys out. Thank you for everyone who has left a review on Apple Podcast. Um, I can't pronounce everyone's usernames and names, but I will try to pronounce some of them. Daisy Dash to Rose A7, Bonnie, Chavez, Mama of Six, Sophia, Callie Chi, Lana M, Gabby, um, Selena Parker, Belinda Celis, um, Maj. Anthony, Millie from the Tilly, Mom of 2KD, Courtney, Emma, Amasha, Amasha, I'm sorry if I messed up your name, Emily, Cece, Nani G, Mary Louise, Lisa, Lisa. To my Nippy Inc. family, Donna, Lynn, Pat, Lori, Shelly, Aaliyah, Rose, Brian, Darren, and Ulysses, thank you for holding down the fort. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you guys who took the couple minutes out of your precious lives to share some love. I'm sending all that positive energy and love right back your way, so please accept it. Also, someone who spent some time to review the podcast was someone by the username Lexi Girl, in which she reviewed the podcast saying, quote, Just another dude on a podcast trying to be funny when he isn't. Stick to Snapchat, unquote. And then titled the review Outplayed, which I'm not really sure what outplayed means in correlation to this review, being that to outplay something means to play a game more cleverly and more successful than another person or team. And I, oh, so maybe that was just like a wrong choice of a verb or whatnot, but Not really sure, Lexi. I'm just going to chalk it up as maybe English isn't your first language. And honestly, if we're being frank, that's not even really an excuse because, you know, many people who speak multiple languages, such as myself, do so effortlessly, seamlessly, and with ease. Funny, it's normally the ones who can't that actually have a hard time mastering the English language. So anyways, Lexi, email me at ask at thesolomonraypodcast.com and I can overnight you a dictionary. I mean, what the fuck? Can I live? Can I live? 
can I fucking live? Moving right along. Um, okay, no, actually not moving right along. I just want to clarify something that she said. Um, I'm never trying to be funny, okay? Yes, I love humor, but there is never a moment in my natural born life where I'm trying and I've tried to be funny. In fact, I remember being as a kid in elementary school and people always would like laugh at me and tell my mom like, oh, how funny is your is, is Solomon? Oh my God, he's so funny. And, da, 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 da. and it was like, I didn't really understand it. You know, I would kind of like low-key get offended because I was never setting up a joke or landing a punchline. So I never understood why people thought I was funny. Yes, I'm expressive. Yes, I'm dramatic. And, you know, I have an over-the-top personality, I guess some might say. But my intent is never to be funny. It's never been, like, I've never gone out with the idea and the notion, like, this is what I want to do and I'm trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be funny, quite frankly. No, that's just not, that's never been my thing. I mean, oftentimes I found myself trying to be taken seriously. I mean, it wasn't until about like a few years ago when I really relinquished that hesitation and leaned into my quote unquote funny because I figured if you can find the funny and bring some happiness into some people's lives and if they're cool with it, fine. And as long as you're not laughing at me per se, then I'm okay with it. It's crazy because the things I find hysterical, no one finds funny. So I don't mind taking that on, but I will say I never, ever, ever try to be funny. Half the shit y'all think is funny, y'all share with me, and I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. During a Monday press conference, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, Pisaki, Helga Pataki, Nagasaki, Bitch, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, anyways, told reporters that the Biden administration will recommit to the process of placing an image of American abolitionist and political activist Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. I would like to see it. Replacing former president and owner of over 161 slaves, Andrew Jackson. The move was first initiated by Barack Obama during his time as president, but the initiative was met with frequent delays by the Trump administration. Oh, Lord. Now, bitch. I'm going to stop right there because people really love to disregard the fact that Trump is an actual whole entire blatant ass, whole ass racist. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit, same old fucking shit. But, you know, if him blocking this wasn't an actual act of racism, I don't know what the fuck is. Racism isn't about being a meanie and using racial slurs and being a fucking asshole. It's implementing and employing actual structures in this fucking city to continuously oppress people of color. And when you fight against putting a black face on American currency, that further withholds white supremacy. So the motherfucker was racist. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit. Anyways, he's gone. I'm try I'm not gonna even try to mention that him and and let that fucking shit go by the wayside and die off into the motherfucking distance. But if anybody deserves to be on the face of any sort of American currency, it's a black woman, especially Harriet Tubman. You think Harriet Tubman was walking around with a fucking nice shiny fucking dress on with a fucking crown on her head when she was taking slaves to freedom? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like America's wealth, we are girl, allegedly we're the most richest, you know, powerful country in the world. And still we can't seem to pay people to stay home and give them 
a suitable amount of money each month to stay home and get this fucking pandemic under order. I have no idea. That seems very ghetto to me. But, you know, allegedly, 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 America is a rich country. <laughs> Girl, I'm not going to really get into that. I'm not going to get into that, baby. I'm really not, because I'm really not trying... I'm, I'm really not trying to roast America today, but bitch... <laughs> Listen, we are incredibly wealthy and the backbone, the backbone and the sole reason, the reason why we are wealthy is because of slave labor. So the whole symbolism in putting a black person on American currency is so important and so vital and I believe a step to not eradicate racism, but to address it and find ways to, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Not move on, but move in a better direction in terms of racism in this country. And see, not just that, but black women oftentimes are always at the forefront and the starters of any sort of movement, any major movement in this country, it's always been at the brunt and the groundwork and the blood, sweat, and fucking tears of black women. You know, I mean, honestly, quite frankly, the, the you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the gay liberation movement, the women's rights movement. I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. You know, it's all at the hands of black women. So, bitch, if they should have been put... Um, Harriet on the damn fucking $20 bill, bitch. Quite frankly, should have been done. So it's nice to see that this is um, allegedly in the process of being done. Allegedly. But girl, we'll see. I would like to see it. You know, quite frankly, I'm really just excited to see the progress that's going to be made, but also the progress that has already made in the Biden administration, such as lifting the fucking dumbass Muslim ban. Like, Girl, listen, I'm trying not to even revert back and talk about that man, but girl, there was a lot of like, what the fuck moments. And that from trans people in the military to just fucking everything that fucking transpired and yet and still motherfuckers still went out and voted, voted for him. What is, what is wrong with you? I mean, what is your malfunction? That, to me, is wild. That's high-key wilder than the first time motherfuckers voted for him. That's really, that's, that's really like, bitch, let's step outside for real quick. Let's, let's handle this outside. Let me find out you, you voted for him. We got Let's step outside. But I was talking to my engineer recently, and we were like, yo, I just can't wait to go back to boring politics. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never been a girl who really gave, not, I don't want to say gave a fuck about politics, but I just didn't, I wasn't fully tuned in all the time. You know what I'm saying? So now it's just so nice to be able to go back to boring ass politics where it's just boring. You know, I, I ain't got to get no wild Twitter notifications and stupid shit popping up or dumb shit saying motherfuckers need to drink suck fucking bleach or, you know, like, uh, it's just nice and calming to know that now the most powerful man in the world isn't a fucking goofball. So kudos to the Biden administration for possibly and allegedly working to get Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill.
So a lot of you guys have noticed I'm always asking for great movies and TV recommendations and stuff for me to watch um, when I get a slight moment to myself where I can kind of relax. Side note, it's hard for me to relax because once, you know, I'm working and working and going and going and going and going and going, there's never really a moment where my brain really turns off. And as the years have progressed... I find it harder and harder and harder for me to pay attention to television or things that are not work-related. And it's, I don't know if that's like a social media thing. I don't know if, if it's the way we consume media. I don't know if it's the advent of Netflix and streaming to where everything is so on demand and you can pause and get back to it later. I don't know if it's that, but I it's so hard for me to sit down and just watch television. Aside from the fact that by the time I'm in bed, I have like a solid 15, 20 minutes to be entertained and I'm knocking out. You know, if I'm going to spend time sitting still, not working to watch television, it needs to be good. And the most shit on television right now really isn't for me. I'm not a reality TV girl. I don't catch up with the housewives. I can't get into anything like that. I'm a, I am like good old well-written scripted drama with good storylines and great acting. So with that being said, everyone kept saying, watch Veneno, watch Veneno, watch Veneno. And I saw some rumblings about it last year because it was being aired in Spain. And I'm a really big fan of television television series and film that comes from Spain. Yes, there are colonizers and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I really don't give a fuck. I just enjoy the shit that comes from that motherfucking country. It's fucking brilliant. When it got word that I guess HBO Max picked it up and put it on their streaming thing and put it under the guise of it being an exclusive with them and whatnot, um, I was excited. But like most things, it's like, if it's, eight episodes, it's eight hours long. That's just a lot of time for me to commit to something that, you know, I just don't, it's hard for me as a Capricorn, a workaholic to be like, you know what? I'm going to just devote eight hours of my life sitting still watching television. It's very fucking hard for me to do that. I'd rather watch a one hour documentary, a two hour movie, and let that be that. So, I was excited about this. I was I knew a little bit, slightly a little bit about the backstory about Christina. I was already excited, but I just didn't have the time to really commit. Well, last week I found a day to where me and Serena both kind of ended around 6:30, maybe 7 o'clock. And we looked at each other, we're like, oh my God, like we can really go home at a decent hour. It's where there's nothing to do. I was like, oh my God, girl, I'm gonna like take a bath and have a glass of wine and really enjoy myself. Hold on. Fuck. I should be ordering wine right now. That's, let me just put in a cute little delivery right now while I'm recording this one moment. Five hours later. Okay, done. So that should be here in 40 minutes. Anyways, what was I saying? So I was like, you know, I'm going to have me a little glass of wine. I'm going to relax. You know, finally, there's nothing to do. My house is spotless. It's clean. Inventory is good. Orders are all caught up. Emails are caught up. Everything's done. I was literally scramming, you know, I was literally scavengering around. I don't even know if scavengering is a word, but kind of like 
a scavenger hunt around my apartment looking for something to do, like to, you know, I just, I just feel like I can't reward myself with a night in bed with a glass of wine to watch TV and relax until everything is done, you know, because then I can't fully relax because I'm always thinking like, bitch, I, I, there's dishes in the sink. Oh, bitch, there's emails I got to catch up. There's blah, 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 whatever. So everything was caught up. I laid in bed, turned on HBO Max. I said, bitch, finally, I'm going to be able to get into this series. Bitch, when I tell you, <sighs> bitch, I was up till six o'clock in the morning watching. Mind you, I'm still on episode six, so I've, I haven't finished it yet. But it's amazing. It's on HBO Max. It's titled Veneno, which is a bio series about trans singer and television personality from Spain, Cristina Ortiz Rodriguez, also nicknamed La Veneno. I don't know if it's loosely based off of or directly based off of the book written by Valeria Vegas titled Digo, Ni Puta Ni Santa, Las Memorias de la Veneno. I don't know for sure. I, I want to say it's kind of directly, you know, inspired or kind of pulled from the book. But it is incredibly poignant and brilliant. The acting is superb. The cast, the color, the coloring, the cinematography. Ugh, the cinematography is impeccable. It's so one of my favorite directors of all time is a Spanish director and artist by the name of Pedro Almodovar. And he does this thing in his all his movies where it's kind of like cinematic surrealism. And it's, they do that as well in this series, but it's not as blatant and as explicit as most of Pedro Almodovar's, you know, the way he does it. It's very seamless to where it wasn't until like episode three where I was like, holy fuck, like that transition or that, the way they interjected that surrealism into that scene, it's, listen, it's brilliant. I'm mind blown. I'm, it's, was very moving as well. It just feels so good to see stories I can relate to being brought to the screen. The second episode was really hard for me to watch because it kind of unearthed some buried feelings that I thought I got over, but it was really, you know, it started to send me, girl. It was, bitch, I was crying boots on the second episode. And like, I'm not going to get emotional on this podcast, but if I do, whatever, Queer people, we really tend to find like a second family. A lot of us find and nurture a second family, which is hard for many people to understand, but, you know, a chosen family. And that second episode really touched on that and just really made me, you know, spiral. Bitch, I was spiraling. I was really on episode two, spiraling, honey. Like, really with my fucking, you know, seltzer, spiked seltzer in my hand, really fucking crying my fucking good expensive skincare off my face. You know, that sounds very glamorous, but it's really not. Like I was really like fucking, I was really spiraling. And then I was spiraling because of that. But then I was spiraling even more because I thought I worked over these emotions 10 years ago, plus 10 years ago. So I was like, wait a minute, bitch. So I was spiraling on top of a spiral. So it was a, a major, it was a fucking tornado, bitch. It was Dorothy. It was giving Wizard of Oz. But anywho, it's a beautiful series. And if you get the chance to watch it, I highly suggest it. It's on HBO Max. It's eight episodes. I'm on episode six, so I'll probably finish it tonight. And if God willing and the creek don't rise, I think Savannah is going to pull a cute little veneno look this weekend. So stay tuned. 
This episode of the Solomon Ray Podcast is sponsored by Santo Santo. Last month, I noticed the skin around my chin and nose becoming itchy and dry and developing eczema. I also noticed cystic acne congregating on my jawline. And I frantically went to go see my dermatologist and she quickly informed me that this was a result of me wearing my mask too much. And coined the term maskne. Sounds disgusting. So I started researching fabrics to help with this. I knew silk is the best fabric for retaining moisture in your skin. And I also knew ionic silver threads help kill acne causing bacteria. So I combined silk with the ionic silver threads and created a mask for me to use. Turns out I loved it and I wanted to share it with you all. Our one of a kind anti-acne silk mask is woven with silver as the ultimate luxury mask for your skin. Ordinary masks retain bacteria and transfer it back onto your skin, causing breakouts. Silver threads are intricately woven into each mask, helping eradicate acne-causing bacteria, assisting in keeping your skin clear from breakouts. While mulberry silk, unlike cotton, is used to retain moisture and not dry out your skin, leaving your skin's moisture levels balanced throughout the day. Mulberry silk is the highest quality of silk there is. Because the silkworms are fed mulberry leaves, quality of the silk threads are often softer and more refined. Mulberry silk is 100% odorless, 100% natural, and 100% hypoallergenic, making it the perfect choice for people who suffer from allergies, asthma, acne, and eczema. They come individually wrapped in 10 different colors with an adjustable strap, a bendable plastic nose bar, and they are double lined. I just restocked these in 10 new colors. They are selling out like hotcakes. I literally cannot keep them on the website for more than like a day. Hundreds of people have already ordered them and they are in love with them. Hence the reason why I just launched these new colors and people are ordering them once again in more colors just because they love them that much. So if this is something that you suffer from and you want something luxurious for your skin, but also want to, you know, be a good fucking human being and wear a fucking mask, head to (laughs) santoxsanto.com. That's www.santoxsanto.com and get your silk mask woven with ionic silver threads. Listen, I ended up washing my silk mask a few days ago and I kind of forgot I was washing them. And I was like, oh, I got to go run to the store real quick. Da, 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 woo, do, do, woo. And I was like, where's, the, where's my mask? And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot I'm washing them. So then I had to put that stank ass, cotton, dry ass fucking mask on my face. And listen, I'm not just saying this because it's my, my shit. Like, these are my favorite masks to wear for real, for real. So you don't got to take my word for it. But I'm just saying, if you try, I know, I'm, I know you are going to love them. So head over to santoxsanto.com today to get yours. Now back to the show. And while we're on the topic of trans tea, this week, Biden signed an executive order lifting the ban on transgender people serving openly in the U.S. military. She's about to do what she's about to do, and she's about to show what the girls should have did. Now, I will never understand how we are still fighting for basic-ass human rights 
I don't get it. You know, just to be treated equally, I don't fucking get it. If something is wrong with us, if y'all don't want to treat us like humans and let us have basic-ass human rights and be treated equally then, then if we less than, cool. We're going to be less than. But, bitch, then these bills got to be less than. You hear me? The, these taxes that I pay, that we pay, got to be less than. Because last time my gay-ass checked, my taxes is right up there with the rest of the girls. Ain't nan person sharing this motherfucking FICO score with me. My social security number still works like the rest of y'all. And when you pump through the car dealership and they run that motherfucking credit, bitch, it's the same, bitch. I don't get no gay discount or no sort of gay leniency when it comes to me applying for a motherfucking loan. Bitch, I don't get no fucking gay tax break, honey. Shit. And honestly, bitch, if we got to speak on it, I need a tax break. Period! I need a fucking gay tax break. Period! Shit. So it just amazes me how people are just so worried about some gay shit listen if you ain't supporting the gays the girls the trans and everybody in motherfucking between worry about you sis and we thank everyone who supports us and the queer community thank you thank you thank you because bitch we need it but it don't make no sense to be having so much fucking vitriol over some shit that ain't got shit to do with you bitch i i kid you not i don't be worried about nobody but me Quite frankly, if you're not feeding me, fucking me, or financing me, I deadass don't care about you. You're not really taking up my, I'm not writing, you know, my, you know, congressmen and, and, and marching and, and going, like, bitch, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to try to stop your blessings. I ain't try to make things not equal for you. I don't give a fuck about you. And even if you are fucking me, bitch, I still don't even give a fuck about you. So it just amazes me how the girls be like so, like somebody I saw, I was on Governor Newsom's Instagram page with this girl. The comment section, it's just like the girls be really doing a lot. Like they're like, bitch, I'm collecting signatures for your recall. And it's just like, girl, that's not how none of this works. But girl, enjoy your little fucking online signature campaign. But that comment section is so atrocious. Governor Newsom ended up posting something about like, oh, you know, kudos to Biden or some shit like that. The trans ban is lifted and da 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 And one of these nasty ass straight men was like, all the shit that's going on in the world and this is what we're worrying about. And I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand how y'all be giving a fuck about shit like this. It ain't got shit to do with you, bitch. Unless you are over here pumping your body full of hormones, honey. And trying, to, and trying to pump through and serve a look, bitch, and, and worried about a fucking titty. Bitch, why are you worried about trans shit? Why are you, It's like I've never, I've never fucking understood about like shit like that. Straight people be like so worried about shit that ain't got shit to do with them. Why y'all worried about gay shit? Why y'all care? Straight men be so fucking pressed about some fucking booty hole. Like... Bitch, why you worried about my booty hole? Leave my, my booty hole ain't got shit to do with you. Leave my booty hole alone. Let it be. Let my booty hole live in peace. You know what I'm saying? And especially when it comes to the motherfucking military. Baby, listen, I didn't want to go to the military. And quiet as it's kept, my dad urged me to go to the military because he was in the Navy and my sister's now in the Navy. But baby, that's just not for me. I'm not trying to be flying around with bombs over Baghdad. So if a trans person wants to enlist and do the motherfucking do and blast motherfuckers to the fucking smithereens, glad it's them and not me. When Trump banned the girls, I was so fucking confused. 
Like, bitch, we spent all this motherfucking money on the military, and we are so invested in military defense. Like, bitch, the fuck does a trans person negatively got to do with that? It Honestly, it just made no sense to me, but, you know, bitch, having Trump make sense out of shit, bitch, girl, that in itself don't make no sense. So, anyways, kudos to Biden for us getting back to some sort of normalcy and just fucking decency, yo. Decency. I'm tired of us as a country being looked at as the fucking redheaded stepchild. Like, the other girls as fucking raggedy, racist, and mostly ugly country. Like, that's not cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know some of the girls, the Trump supporters, really don't ever fucking leave the country. And they don't have passports. And they can barely speak English. And, you know, and barely know how to read and write. But for the girls like me, the cur- the cultured girls, you know, the girls who are well-traveled, honey, you know, the girls like me, like, you know, when you go to another country, especially for the last four years when it, before the pandemic, clearly, but I will go and they'll be like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from the United States. They'll be like, I'm sorry, where are you from? The United States. The, the what? The United States. Oh, the United States. And instantly everybody be like, Oh, I'm so sorry for you guys. Kid you fucking not. The last four years, everybody fucking said that. The minute I said I'm from the United States, oh my God, I'm so sorry for you. I've heard what's happened. Like everybody always, you know, they were like, you know, the next round's on me. And I'm like, well, shit, bitch. I need to start using this fucking line everywhere. But I would always get hit with like just empathy. Like the girls would be like, yo, I'm so, what the fuck is going on? And I'm just to the point where it's like, I want to be, like, I am a bad bitch, but I want to be able to, like, pump through another motherfucking country and feel the bad bitch that I am from a bad bitch country. You know, I want to be like, where you from? Girl, I'm from the United States. I'd be like, oh, bad bitch. You know, it's not giving that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, y'all is raggedy and racist. Like, no. So, needless to say, like I was saying, kudos to Biden. Thank God we're getting back to some normalcy, decency, some fucking cooth, honey. And, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, when the girls ask me where I'm from, I'll be like, bitch, I'm back. And I'm from the United States. So this past Friday, me and Serena decided to critter outside of the realms of the office and go to a restaurant and blah, 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 woo, 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 woo. Um, Serena was leaving work one day, actually, and she saw, like, a large open patio of a restaurant serving margaritas and street-style tacos. So she herself was determined to go on Friday, and I was like, you know what, bitch? Let's go. So I got dressed up on Friday, did my hair, did my makeup, picked out a cute little outfit, because, like, I genuinely miss that. Like, I really do miss getting dressed up, doing my makeup, the whole process of getting ready to go out. I miss. I miss that more than actually going out. But I will say I do kind of miss um, social environments with close friends. Um, so anyway, so I got dressed up and made myself look cute. My mom always told me when you look good, you feel good. And I just feel like that's such a true testament to improving your mental health. Um, I think that's really what sparked our ladies night moments on Instagram, to be quite honest. And for those who aren't familiar, on some Saturdays, I go live on Instagram and we just kiki, have some cocktails, share stories and chill. And oftentimes I dress up, I do my hair, my makeup, and it's really just to kind of re-energize each other and feel better. I always tell people, you know, take care of yourself first. 
And always, and I always use this analogy of when you're on a plane, they say, put your oxygen on before you put it on your child. And to me, I take that as like, bitch, if your ass die, then, you know, so does your fucking child. You know what I'm saying? So like, pr- you know, prioritize you first. Do things that make you happy so that you could be a better mother, a better daughter, a better son, uncle, brother, neighbor, teacher, or, or whatever to somebody else. Take care of yourself first. Always prioritize yourself first. I think a lot of people always be like, you know, I put God first. I put my family first. I put my children first. I put air. And then somewhere all the way at the bottom of that list is somewhere floating around is you. And listen, I'm not a life coach. Girl, don't even get me started on the idea of a life coach because I said something like a few weeks ago about life coaches being fucking losers. And the girls really were like, really coming for me. (laughs) I think I just don't like the term life coach. I just think it's such a weird fucking term. Um, Anyway, so I'm not like someone who's who knows everything, but just based off of my personal experiences, I feel when you put yourself first and you're good and you know, you straight, you taken care of, everybody else benefits from that. You know what I'm saying? Like it just seems a little ass backwards to put yourself all the way down on the totem pole and the hierarchy of, you know, what you prioritize in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you prioritize in your life? It's your life, bitch. Put you first. It just doesn't make any sense to put other people above me. Like, you know, that's also the Capricorn to me. That's also just who I am. So I get that that's not easy for a lot of people. But, you know, girl. Anyways, moving on. So we go and it's packed boots, bitch. Like, it's it, bitch, it's really giving Atlanta. It's really fucking giving Atlanta. It's really giving fucking, like, Texas. It's giving Florida. It's giving all that, bitch. It's giving... Bitch, it's low-key giving COVID, like, for real. So, I'm already a little on edge, but, you know, the tables are spaced out. It's outdoors. The windows is all open. Like, the best that you could possibly give in this environment, is it ideal? Absolutely not. But, bitch, I was like, you know what? Serena really wanted a margarita. She really wanted her taco. Bitch, I wanted a taco. I really wanted me a little margarita. I was like, bitch, I'm ready to just, I need to get the fuck on out the house, honey. And put on my little freakum dress, and yes. Um, but it didn't really dawn on me till we were almost seated that being surrounded by a bunch of drunk white people really, really, really makes me uncomfortable. And I don't know when this feeling started to happen, but I've noticed it's intensified over recent years, like a lot. Anytime I'm around white people, particularly those who are drunk and in their 20s, Girl, I get very, 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 very tense. And almost like this fight or flight sensation goes through my body. And I finally re- realized it's because most of my life, and and now these are my experiences, girl. Like, so, girl. But I've been in way too many instances for my own motherfucking good to where there's been some confrontations or aggressive... Mm, what would I say, encounters where I myself have been the one to get in trouble and the blame to be lamented on me and the aggressor, you know, getting away or just not really suffering the same consequences as me where those same white people have used whatever pool they have or privilege to really escape, kind of just shit on a situation and then bounce 
And I know that really doesn't really fully flesh out and explain everything, but it's hard to actually explain. Um, but I know many of us have experienced this before. So when I'm anyway, so when I'm in this environment where people are drinking and there's a large number of white people, I just get really nervous, girl. And, and you know, and I can't seem to fucking shake it. Now, bitch, when I'm in a packed club with black people or Latinos or Middle Eastern folk, you know, bitch, I don't feel this way, which is wild because, you know, it doesn't really mean they aren't drinking or acting a damn fool or possibly on the verge of getting on my motherfucking nerves or, you know, stepping on my shoes and like it's not that. But I know they don't have the power to wield any aggression my way and us not be treated the same, if that makes sense. So anyways, moving right along, we get seated, you know, we're nestled in a cute little corner with vast space. The food was, bitch, the food was lit. The food was too lit, actually. It was a little high on the sodium level, to be quite honest, on some of the dishes. I did try like a ceviche moment. That was a little, um, very salty, but everything else was super duper lit. Anyways, um... Honestly, I almost really broke my keto diet, but I did have a margarita, so I was teetering on the edge of, you know, my daily carb intake. It was cute. I liked it. The music, however, was a little too loud for me. I think the older I get, it's just not my thing to eat and enjoy food and enjoy my meal with fucking Nicky Jam and Bad Bunny blasting in my right ear. You know, like... I'm just a bitch who wants to sit and be serenaded by splendor and glamour and beauty, bitch. Like, to the likes of Barbara Streisand, Mariah, Celine, Whitney. You know, like, that's really what I want to hear when I'm eating. I just feel like the food tastes better when it's giving, you know, and I will always love you. You know, like, our evergreen, bitch, or the way we were. Like, I just feel like the food is going to be more lit. But nonetheless, it was just, you know, a cute little moment to get out of the house with my best friend. But then I started looking around, and a second realization dawned on me. Like, yo, bitch, San Diego is really garbage. It's really garbage, girl. Like, it's really no, it's really no shade, but, you know, because, you know, I'm part of those San Diego girls. Like, I was born and raised in San Diego. Like, you know, yeah, I moved to New York and spent almost damn near 11 years of my life there. But, like, you know, the doll still lives and resides in San Diego as we speak. But, you know, I was just feeling so bad for the women who got a date from this fucking cesspool of men. Like, yo, uh, like, okay, the white men here ain't got no swag, bitch. Like, no swag at all. No swag. Unswag. Like, literally, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, negative 2. Like, none. And that's fine. Not everyone has swag. Not everyone has it. Like, maybe you're born with it. Or maybe you're just from, like, middle America and moved to San Diego to go to school and drink whole milk, you know? Like, no swag. And it's, you know, it's really no shade, but, like, see, I think white men here are, like, Build-A-Bears. And mind you, I've never been to a Build-A-Bear store before, so if this reference is off, please excuse me. But, like, you know, in Build-A-Bear, you know how you gotta buy the bear, you know, which is giving regular, regular entry level. You know, no razzle, no dazzle, no ooh-ah-ah sensation. It's just giving great value. Very great value tease, bitch. But in order to, like, make the bear more lit, you gotta, like, get the cute little outfits. You gotta jazz her up. You gotta get, like, the cute little shoes, you know. Swag her out a bit. You know, like, put her through the machine. Like, get her, get it right, bitch. Like, the white guys here are really just be in board shorts and flip-flops when they go out and 
bitch. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, I like to wear that shit too, bitch. I mean, not board shorts, but you know, you'll see me pump to the grocery store and post office and whatnot in my Lululemon. You know, giving very, you know, giving very much like casual white fish, bitch. I'm, I'm giving you, I'm pumping through, dropping off my little orders, going to the grocery store. You know, with my little iced coffee, giving you white, you know, fish. Just giving my, my best white fish moment. But, bitch, I'm not wearing that when I go out and about, bitch. The doll is trying to turn a look. I'm trying to turn a look, bitch. But this place was packed of boots with these men in their homely attire. And again, like I said, that's fine. But if, like, I was a girl, like, no fucking way are we fucking. No way. No fucking way, bitch. You try, you try to bring me back to your home in your Ikea bed and fuck me? Uh, no, bitch. You ain't got no drip, no jewels, no necklace, no bracelet, no chain, no ring, okay? Like, that means you get no puss. No puss, bitch. No drip, no puss. No drip, no puss. That's the motto. No drip, no puss, bitch. Like, you really want me to suck your dick? Like, little boy, if you don't put that little pink thing away, sir, and go on somewhere with that, girl, like, like you really trying to run up at me with a bare neck and bare wrist? With fuzz on the back of your neck? And no fragrance? Nah, bitch. I, bitch, I need me a man who got some swag, bitch. Who swagged out, dripped out, smelled good, fresh cut, like, dead ass. That's why you got to date the dealers and the scammers. Like, but also... Dealers and scammer dick is trash, too. More on that later. But yeah, I just feel bad for the girls trying to date out here. It's very late. It's very delayed. It's very, like, late. I really wouldn't want any of them to come inside of me. Nobody wearing kids is going to come inside of me, like, for real. I know that sounds really gross and very, like, TMI, but, like... And I also know that sounds very superficial, and it is, but, like, no, I'm not... You're not gonna you're not gonna run up in me with some vans and come inside of me. Like it's really not gonna happen, girl. And bitch, even the black man out here is trash too. Because I've noticed about 80% of them be wearing HM and spraying themselves down with Aqua de Geo and really think they serving something and can't date black women. They give that off, bitch. They really be trying to get <laughs> bitch, they be really trying to give that off. Like they are above it and can't date black women. Like, sir, it's really garbage in these streets, ladies. Like, it's really garbage. Like, the only people you could really date that are worth dating out here is chubby Mexicans. Like, deadass, like, for real, that's really why I want me a little chubby Mexican. Because the chubby Mexicans really be smelling good. They really dress nicely. They don't really be make. they don't really be giving no rah, rah, rah. You know, they're not trying to give all, none of that off. Like, they're just kind of, they all drive a lifted truck or, like, a Suburban or, like, one of those fucking cars, bitch. And... They're just quiet and sweet. A lot of them know how to cook. They're so soft and cuddly. And they're super protective, bitch. Oh, they are so... Pro- and they be fighting. And that's how I, that's how I know I want me a little chubby Mexican because they be fighting. Like, for real, like, the chubby Mexicans be really laying in the cut, minding their own motherfucking business. But, like, you cross anybody that they love or care about, bitch, it's on, like, Donkey Kong, bitch. They are going to roll you into another motherfucking dimension. A chubby Mexican will really fight for his own. And they be twerk, and it don't take much. It just be taking like t- one good old swing and they be out. Ooh, I want me a little chubby Mexican. I do. And they be getting their hair cut like every five to six days too. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really the only... I feel like that's really all you could date in San Diego is a chubby Mexican. Everybody else is really trash. So we're going to get into some listener letters. But before we do, I did want to share that on the Anchor app or on anchor.fm slash the Solomon Ray podcast, you can actually send and leave a voice message, which is really cool because then I can share it directly on the show. So in case you don't want to type in your questions, you can actually leave a voice message and be part of the show. I am going to play one of them from Lisa that was really, really sweet that she left me last week that actually made me choke up. So I'm going to play that and then eventually get into the listener letters. And again, if you want to send in your questions, send them to ask at the Solomon Ray podcast.com. What's up, Solomon? My name's Lisa Verdeja. Um, I'm from California as well. And I just wanted to say hello. I just finished your first episode. Um, I'm new to Anchor, but I really enjoyed all of this. Um, I'm not really into podcasts, but it's something I'm trying to get into. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, I've been following you for a few months now, and you made a big impact on my day-to-day life um, as far as, you know, the littlest things, you know, have just helped with so much with me. And um, I want to thank you. (laughs) And I don't want to get emotional either. I already am. But um, I definitely teared up towards the end of your show. Um, That was really heartfelt. And I really appreciate you. Um, I love you so much and can't wait to hear more. So now it is time for listener letters. And before we get into them, we do have an update from Desperate and Confused, who wrote in last week saying she was kind of skeptical of putting her daughter in school. So she is updating us this week with a update. And this is what she says. Just finished the podcast. Thank you so much for answering my question. I actually finished real estate courses and passed the state exam back in October. And now have to find a job in order for me to get my license within six months of passing. Otherwise, I have to start all over again. But thank you again. I'll definitely take your advice and figure out something like homeschool or virtual for my daughter till things die down and will definitely keep you updated. P.S. When I heard my question, it was like an outer body experience. I couldn't believe it. Thank you again. Love you. Nina D. Signed, Desperate and Confused. Well, Nina, congratulations on passing your real estate courses. That is so bomb that is such a bad bitch thing to do congratulations to you it now girl it does fucking suck i didn't realize you had to you know get your license within fucking six months of passing otherwise you have to start all over again that really sucks but i know you will make the best decisions for you and your daughter so but sending you positivity your way and i know things will work out and our next question comes from jess Jess writes, hey, boo, I just wanted to start off by expressing to you how much I absolutely love you and your character. You're such a ray of sunshine, and I always look forward to your daily posts on Snapchat. Thank you, Jess. You're one of my favorite people to hear from in the midst of this craziness. Anyway, I'm 22 right now and haven't been in an actual serious-ish relationship since early last year. I'm pretty sure I'm over my ex, although I've never gotten the closure I wanted, but that's whatever. I've started this thing with a guy from work a couple months ago, and it's grown into something else pretty quickly. The something else where he's already laid the L-bomb on to me suddenly. 
Fast forwarding to now, although we've never been officially together since I've never agreed to being his girlfriend, we've had all the odds against us. From his parents blatantly being racist towards me without ever meeting me, I'm black, he's white, and the first white guy I've ever gotten into. To him sharing that his ancestors owned slaves, to me accidentally, in my comfortability, therefore talking freely, telling him something I never should have about another past fleeing size, to him forcing me to block said fleeing, even though we're nothing more than friends, to me hesitantly never getting to it until recently because we were friends before we had our short fling, to him judging me and my friends very disrespectfully, amongst a lot of other things that showed me so much more about both of us. I guess my concern is what am I doing? Should I truly let this continue despite all that already unfolded when we weren't even together? I learned so much about how awful I could be towards him and how he could be in return because of, because of his anger. Yet, at the end of all of this, when I finally blocked said friend, he still insists that he wants to be with me, that he's willing to put all the BS aside so we can work on each other. Is this toxic? Should I try again? Signed, Jess. So it sounds to me like you guys are just young and like the whole make him making you block someone is to me childish because, I mean, it's childish. Because if he doesn't trust you and you don't trust him, you're not going to get anywhere in this relationship. Mind you, be very, very weary of taking any sort of relationship advice from me because, bitch, I'm, I'm really that girl to just cut someone off and move on. And I know that that is not a mature way of dealing with things. But so, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But the thing that really stuck out for me was the fact that his parents, you said, is are blatantly racist towards you. Girl, girl, girl. Girl, girl, I, it would be a wrap for me. It would really be a wrap for me. Because if it's not going to be a wrap for me then, I don't want to have a rap sheet later for beating the brakes off of somebody for some shit that they said over a turkey on Thanksgiving. So I get this question a lot. A lot of people are like, would you date a white person? Would you date a white person? I could. I don't think I would actively date someone white. And this is, the, this is the reason why. Hear me out, please. When you're dating someone, you already, bitch, I'm going to be fucking blues clues, honey. I'm going to be a detective. I'm going to open up so many cases and files and background searches on, on the guy that I'm dating. Bitch, I gotta, I, I gotta, I really gotta do my research on you. I'm doing a whole side investigation on you, bitch. I'm going in. I'm going through all your photos. I'm scrolling to the very last one. And I'm gonna do a cross-reference for everybody in that motherfucking picture. I'm looking through all, everybody, bitch. So it's already bad enough dating. You have to like really, you're already on, you're already swimming in uncharted territory you're very vulnerable you don't know what to expect you're kind of scared because you're like bitch I, this i don't know if i could trust this person you're already on edge now 
I don't want to have to open up 50,000 other investigations on your family to figure out if they racist or not, which more than likely they will be. If you're a white person, somebody in your family, somebody, your granny, your auntie, somebody, there's 20% at least, minimum, 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 probably 60%, more than likely 80, but still 20% is going to be racist. So I don't want to have to deal with that as well. It's already hard enough dating you. It's already hard enough trying to get to know you and trust you. Bitch, now I got to trust your family. So just to alleviate all that weird shit, I won't actively seek out and date someone white. Doesn't mean I won't. But I'm not actively going out, you know, be like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Nah, bitch, it's just, it's, it's going to be a no for me. And this is the reason why. Because I can't, I can't, and for me, and like I said, I only speaking on my experiences. For me, most people don't even know I'm black. So people be saying some slick shit and crazy shit about black people and don't even know what the fuck I am. And they be, I be sitting right in front of them. And all of a sudden, they get a backhand to their motherfucking mouth. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, what the fuck did I say? Exactly. So I just don't really try to put myself in them type of situations anymore. Like, I try to really stay clear of it. That, un, that's very unnerving. The fact that him sharing that that his ancestors owned slaves, like, like I just want to know how that conversation went. Like, I just really want to be a fly on the wall. I really want to sit back and just be like, how did that conversation happen? How, like. I like how did the white guy dating the little cute little black girl be like, hey, guess what? I just really want to talk to you about how my ancestors owned slaves. Like, I just hold on. Where do we? How did that come? Where? What's happening? How do we get to this? What led to this? Why are you telling me this? I know people say stupid shit when they're nervous or like you know icebreakers. And listen, I get it, but. It's it's a little weird for me to be dating somebody and they'd be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about how, like, my ancestors owned your ancestors. Um, Yeah, I don't really want to do that, bitch. That's not going to get the panties off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's going to be a no for me. And honestly, I don't need you judging my friends. You said that he was judging your friends and being disrespectful towards them. Um, I'm sorry. What? Now, this is why I just, I, I'm not sure I could date a white man. Because I just don't want you, because already, my friends is fly. All right, my friends is fly, bitch. We all fly, bitch. We all got sweat. We all those girls, okay? So there's really no way you could ever disrespect or judge any of my friends, aside from them being more probably lit than you. That there's no way you could ever judge my friends. And it's I'm always going to look at it through a different lens. If my white boyfriend or you know the guy I'm talking to is judging my friends. I'm I'm it's I'm sorry, I hate to admit it, but I'm going to look look at it through a different lens. Don't come for my friends. Don't come for my family. Those are uh, those are areas you don't want to touch when it comes to dating, in my 
opinion. Leave that shit alone. Unless it's something really fucking detrimental and they done did some crazy shit and, you know, cool. But to just be judging them, like, I'm curious, like, what was he judging them on? You know what I'm saying? Girl, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Um, I mean, you have to do what you feel works for you. But I am a firm believer is when people show you who they are, please believe them the first time. Please believe them the first time. And if his parents is being racist and saying some crazy slick shit about you, let me tell you something. They are the people who raised that man or that little boy. Okay? He grew up in that house for 18 solid fucking years minimum. And those are the people who wiped his ass, fed him, washed his clothes, took him to and from school, made his lunch, whatever the fuck. Them the people who took care of him and raised him. So think about that too, girl. I would, bitch, I, I think about it. Because I can't have, I can't, you know, I can't have all this shit happen when we barely even know each other right out the gate. But you know what? It might be a blessing. Quiet as it's kept. It might be a blessing that this is happening sooner rather than later. Because, bitch, I'd rather know right now before it gets, you know, hot and heavy. And I find out your, your family is saying some crazy slick shit about me. Nah, bitch. And see, I, I'm the type of person to where if I'm dating someone, mothers love me. Fathers love me. Family members love me. If I if I can't be cool with your family, that's that's late. That's very late. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to be like, oh, where are you going? Where are you going for Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm going to my family's house. Okay, I, I guess I'll just stay home. Like what? No, because I would I really dead ass would not go over their house. We would have a problem, and we would, bitch, we would, we would always have a fucking problem. Ever three fucking time I ever fucking lay my fucking two eyeballs on you, bitch. We're always going to have a problem. It's never going to change. It's n I'm never going to ease up. The crazy, the, the racist shit that you said about me in the beginning of our relationship is going to be there on, on year one, year two, year 10, year 20. Every single time until fucking dirt hits your fucking casket, I'm going to always have a problem with you, bitch. So no, I'm sorry. Now that I'm thinking about this and now that I'm really going off, I would let him go. I would really fucking let him go, girl. You are 22 years old. You got your whole life in front of you, girl. Let that let that thing go, girl. Let that thing go. Mm -mm. I would let it go. But again, you know, that's just me. That's my perspective. That's how I would handle this. But I would let it go. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You only got one time to cross me, bitch. I ain't sit... I ain't sitting like fucking Boo Boo the Fool in a fucking family full of racist people and let it... I don't give a fuck. You got one time to say some crazy shit, bitch, and that's the last. I'm out. I'm not going to be sitting up in, in your living room looking stupid. Because quite frankly, girl, after you found out that they did that and, and they said some shit and he over here disrespecting your, your friends, you now look stupid by just sitting around and just being and, and letting this white man... Talk about letting this white man's family talk about you like they done lost their motherfucking mind. Nah, it's going to be a no for me, girl. But please keep us updated. Please keep us posted. Um, 
email me back if there's any updates and I wish you all the best. So our next question comes from Yannick Hartz and she asks, have you ever had a day or days you felt like giving up, like as if your whole world felt like it was being destroyed? If so, what kept you going? What was your motivation? By the way, I love you and your cooking videos on Snapchat, XO. Well, thank you, Yannick. I really appreciate it. Now, I, y'all know I'm an emotional girl and it really like, I do get emotional. So I'm going to try not to get emotional on this. But if I do, girl, so be it. There are more days often than not where I feel like giving up than going on. Quiet as it's kept. There's a lot of those days. They, they so frequent, I don't even realize when they happening. But one thing that I'm, hold on. I'm sorry. I just got off the phone with my, my auntie. <laughs> she just called me right now. Um, which also further goes into what I was literally, so weird that that just happened that she called me. Because what I was saying was, I'm not meant to break. I'm not meant to give up. That I don't break. I'm not made of glass, baby. I come from a line of heritage, of strong heritage, legacy. You can't break things. I come from a line of very strong women, very stoic and intelligent men, and from ancestors who really, really redefined determination, perseverance, and sadly, endurance. But it's just not in me because I know what is meant for me is going to be mine. My blessing is my blessing. No one could take that away. And no matter what may shift or mold, you know, what day may not be good, I know at the very end of it all, it's going to be okay. Because bitch, I done made it this far. I done made it this far and I ain't died. <laughs> you know, I done made it this far, I ain't died. And I can't give up. And if I'm a testimony to anybody, there's been times where I've wanted to give up. There's been times where it's not just me wanting to give up. There's been times where I was like, you know what? The world is not a place for me, bitch. I'm about to check out. And I thank God every single day that I didn't because my life got so much better. And I've experienced such highs and happiness and beautiful moments in my life and met beautiful people and had great experiences that even songs and poems could never articulate that level of beauty. So I'm happy that I didn't give up. And by me not giving up, it lets me know that I'm such a fucking badass. That's why, that's why a motherfucker could never tell me something about myself. You can never a day in your life fix your lips to tell me about myself, bitch. I'm a certified bad bitch. Nothing can break me, bitch. I will never give up and I will never take my foot off of nobody's neck, especially life, especially hope. And just when you think you about to one-up me, bitch, I got something for that ass. Never. And I think as, you know a descendant from slaves, my ancestors didn't give up. There is a story that I've told over and over again, and I just love this story so much. It really, this story sometimes gets me a little emotional, 
And I don't know if the story is true or not, but it's just like one of those passed on things that I've heard way too much. And it just basically is a story of white slave masters looking out into the fields of slaves picking cotton. And they're looking at them and they're like, yo, these slaves, they are really cackling. They are laughing. It is blazing heat outside. Their fingertips are bleeding from picking the cotton. These are some harsh conditions. They are malnourished. I don't know why they're laughing. What is to laugh about? And then the slave masters is looking at each other like, bitch, I don't know. They're always out here hooting and hollering. So then the slave master ends up, you know, making the, the conditions harsher and harsher. And no matter how harsh the conditions become, they never stop laughing and telling jokes amongst each other. Now, around the slave masters and, you know, the fuck shit people, it's a different story. But when they're amongst each other, they are just cracking jokes and laughing and just singing and just being jovial and happy, which doesn't fucking make sense. You would think being stripped away from your family, being beaten, being raped, not fed properly, like being, being demeaned as a human being, you think even at that level and no promise of no hope, no nothing, you would be able to break their spirit and they didn't. They never did. I love that story because it's also kind of a testament to where we as black people, we will find a way to make a joke out of something, bitch. And we some of the funniest people. Bitch, that might go back to where people be like, you're so funny, you're so funny. And I'm sitting back like, bitch, the fuck? How am I funny? Doing what, bitch? I'm just living my life. The fuck? But I think it also has to do, that's just how we are. That's built into us. That's part of our DNA. We are just some funny motherfuckers by nature. And that, I think, personally, comes from our ancestors. They was out in the field cracking jokes in the worst conditions. So to wrap that up, you just have to know no one's going to be able to break you. And while it seems like it's hard, and while today seems hard, you just have to remember that yesterday is already over. You got through yesterday, and you're that much stronger. And one thing I, I even all the fuck shit that has gone on in my life and all the traumatic moments that I've dealt with, as crazy as it seems, or it is, I for real wouldn't change that. I wouldn't go back and alter that. Because it's those things that made my life right now not saying it's any different, but I'm able to navigate that differently and better because of my past experiences. Somebody might throw something to me this day. I'd be like, bitch, please. I done dealt with that shit when I was fucking 17 years old, girl. This ain't nothing new, girl, boo. It's like, wow, a fucking green bean. You know what I'm saying? Like, It's like, wow, this, girl, please. What else is new? Move. I don't think I could be the businessman I am right now, the entrepreneur that I am right now, if it wasn't for the bad days. Because without an ebb and flow, without an up or a down, like you, if you don't have that, you know, some people just be dealing with some bad days and be dealing with some 
Um, no, excuse me. Some people just have like really great lives and all of a sudden they hit 50 years old and something catastrophic happens and they done lose their sh- motherfucking shit, bitch. Bitch, I'm glad I did, went through some shit at such a young age. You know, bitch, where now everything's a motherfucking cakewalk. But one thing I cognitively do is I change my perspective. I Change it around. The minute I start falling into that little rabbit hole of doubt and some other shit, I change it around. Girl, I really fucking change it around. I'm like, we ain't going down there today. We ain't going down this road. We're going to change it around. I'm going to start thinking of the good shit. And even though shit's still funky, even though shit is still funky right now, I, I change it and I focus on the good shit. I put myself on the good foot and, and move forward. And that's... That is easier said than done. It is something that has taken me years to successfully practice and implement. But I just know, my grandma used to always say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. So I can't sit in in bad thoughts for too long. It just starts to spiral and honey, I can't go down that path. So if I could give you any sort of advice, I know I said a whole bunch of shit. I was all over the place with this, but you're going to get through it. This ain't going to be the last bad day you have. There's plenty more to come, but trust and believe they get better with each day. Each bad day gets a little bit more easier to deal with than the last. So I'm wishing you nothing but love, positive energy, prosperity, mental clarity, peace. Your way, please accept it. Now, since this is the second episode of the podcast, there's no real format. There's no like, this is the segment or that's another segment or this is how it's going to be. I don't know yet, but one thing I am for sure I want to start incorporating is I do want to end each podcast, each episode on a, I don't want to say a positive note, but just something, and I don't really want to say inspirational either, but just something you can chew on for the weekend and kind of if you find it useful or just something to kind of think about. You know how at the end of each Jerry Springer girl, right, because of Jerry Springer, but like at the end of each Jerry Springer episode, after all the mess, after all the drama, you know, Jerry would sit down and he'd be, he would give his little final thoughts. And not for nothing, Jerry used to be dropping some gems, bitch. Like, I'll kind of like low-key miss a little Jerry Springer show. So maybe it's going to be like, you know, Solomon's final thoughts. or Girl, I don't know. But I just want to end it on a better note. And something I want to talk about before we leave is letting people go, especially in 2021. So today I ended up upgrading my phone. I got the iPhone 12 Pro Max, 12 Max Pro Whatever, bitch. I got it in in blue because that's my favorite color. I got it in blue and then I'm over here. They're like, oh, this has the magna strip or the magna, some magnum opus shit where it charges your shit wireless, but not really wireless because you still got to plug it into a wall with the wire and it charges your shit up in like 30 minutes or some fast shit. Girl, I don't know. They're like, do you want to? I said, girl, throw it in the bag. And they're like, all right, so you also need this adapter for it. I said, all right, cool. Throw it in the bag. And they're like, and then you also, it would be better if you have the case with the charger thing in it so that it goes. I said, all right, girl, throw it in the bag. And they're like, well, you also need the wall adapter. I said, hold on, bitch. 
I don't need I, now. I can't have all this shit now, bitch. I didn't. I just bought the fucking phone now. I I gotta buy fifty fucking eleven damn near accessories for the motherfucker. The shit that I just have at home don't work. They said no. This is the USB C cable. The one you at home is it? I said, oh shit, Apple. Every fucking year, every time, every fucking time, y'all done changed some shit up, and I gotta buy some new shit. That's why I got a whole fucking drawer full of fucking cords and random shit that I'll never use. And then it got me thinking, like, you know what, bitch? Like, dead ass, we be some iPhones. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're still iPhones, but like, there's a different, like, the software changes, and the software changes to adapt to our environment. So now I got 5G, you know, hopefully, because girl, I'm with fucking Sprint, which is horrendous. So hopefully my phones, my calls don't be dropping, but like the software changes for the environment. It changes based off of the needs of the consumer. You know what I'm saying? So things evolve and they change. The accessories for the previous phone don't work no more. So it's always changing, always changing, always upgrading. And quite frankly, that's how we are as individuals, as humans. The shit I believed in when I was 18 years old, bitch, I don't believe in that shit no more. The shit I will fucking fight you over when I was 22 years old, bitch, I ain't fighting nobody for no dumb shit like that no more. You know, things that really were I was very passionate about, I'm not very passionate about it anymore. Doesn't mean I don't really care about them. I'm just like, eh, you know, take it or leave it. And the thing also about it is sometimes people, you know, you outgrow, you know what I'm saying? Like in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So it's like you outgrow Shit, you outgrow your clothes, you have to change your iPhone, you got to upgrade this and the software and, you know, you read different books, you expand your horizons, you go traveling, you meet different cultures, you change, your, your, your goals change. You know what I'm saying? When I was 17 years old, I thought I was going to Pepperdine University to study journalism. That's what I thought. Who knew I'd end up here? You know, but everything changes based off of your lived experiences and sometimes you got to get rid of things and and buy new things to get to that next level or to download that new software that new goal and obtain it and be able to really really take that software and use it to the best of your ability and sometimes you got to get rid of people and I think that's the hardest thing to do for a lot of people, even myself, is to let go of people that are blocking your blessings, in the way of your blessings, holding you back from your blessings, whatever. Or sometimes people who ain't even really doing anything. They ain't blocking shit. They ain't taking shit away. They ain't, they ain't doing nothing. They just stagnant and just dormant and just being there and wasting up fucking space. So... You know, you got to get rid of it. And there's nothing wrong with getting rid of people. Doesn't mean you got to be nasty and, and call them up and be like, bitch, I ain't te- never talking to you no more. But it could just be like, you know what? Our time is done. Our friendship was fun while it lasted. It's not where I am anymore. And sometimes you got to really sit in solitude 
and spend some time by yourself. Because sometimes you might be vibrating at a different frequency that ain't nobody else on. You might be on some other shit that ain't nobody else on. And that's okay. Oftentimes in my life, I've gotten rid of people and, you know, I brought them back. But sometimes you have to let people go also as well to kind of train them on how they need to treat you. And now this is kind of like a side note, you know, a little tangent. But right before I moved to New York, I pretty much got rid of my parents. For a few years, I didn't talk to them. They went straight to voicemail, honey. I, it was a wrap. It was donezo. But I had to let them know, you cannot treat me like this. This is how you're supposed to treat me. This is how I want you to treat me. And this is how you better treat me. And if you can't get in line with that, I'm out. That's the only option y'all have. And it was harsh. And it was something that I'm sure didn't feel good and whatnot. But bitch, it didn't feel good for me living with the torment that I lived with. And eventually they came around. They were like, you know what? You're right. And it's better we do this and keep our son in our lives than not. And they got in line and it worked out. And now we are the closest we've ever been ever. And there's some friends I had to let go. People who were holding me back. People who were in my life disguised as friends. When their negative energy was literally seeping into me. Now... I am someone, believe it or not, (laughs) I'm someone who is a portal for nothing but good energy. So for me to be around someone who would bring me down wasn't good. And it's hard to kind of see those things because, you know, during the good times, you know, when it's good, it's good. When y'all good, it's good. But baby, when it's bad, it's bad. And I know we live in this weird area of like, you know, you take the good with the bad. No, you don't have to take the bad. I'm here to let y'all know you don't, y'all don't have to take the bad, okay? You can definitely just have good. <laughs> you deserve it. Your ancestors want you to have it. The universe wants you to have it. God wants you to have it. You don't have to take the good with the bad. You could just take the good with the good. And sometimes it sucks because it is hard to let go because you have family ties, mutual friends, and makes it harder. But trust me, God has a plan for you and something he's trying to let you, he's trying to let you do it before he intervenes. And there's been a lot of times I'm hard-headed, y'all. I'm hard-headed boots. And there's a lot of times my ancestors and spirit and God has literally shown me they're like bitch this ain't for you get out God I just really feel like I feel like you just I feel like if I just wait a little bit it's gonna work no it don't work out bitch it don't and and whatever your belief system is if it's God the unit whatever they gonna sh- they gonna show you a couple signs they gonna wait for your hard-headed ass to to finally get on the good foot and eventually If you don't listen, they're going to do something catastrophic to really push your ass out of that situation. So, bitch, it will behoove you to just take heed 
quickly and, 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 and pack your fucking bags and get the fuck on out. There's a lot of times where I would not listen. And, but bitch, now I'm so tuned into that frequency. I'm so tuned in, honey. The minute they be like, bitch, no. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm out, bitch. Gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. I'm out. You know, I just want the people I'm around and that are in my life. First off, to be in my life is a blessing. It's a privilege. Let me say that again. To be in my life, to be in my circle, to be in the presence of me is a blessing. That's a gift. And that goes for you too. You got to treat you and your you and the, the time you spent, that short amount of time you spent here in, in on earth, that is a gift for somebody to be around. So, bitch, I can't have motherfuckers, you know, talking about me behind my back. I can't have motherfuckers doubting my fucking dreams and ambitions and doubting me and my talents. Nah, bitch, I don't have time for that. That sounds great for you. You do that over here. I'm going to be over here, bitch. I need people in my life that are on the same path as me. And sometimes they on that path for a little bit, and sometimes they ain't. Sometimes they only on that path for with you. They only on that fucking train, bitch, to the next couple stops, and then they got to get off. I have to focus on me, my generational wealth. And I'm not just talking about income. I'm talking about knowledge, healing, generational healing. That's making sure that the generation that comes after me is in a better place. That's my goal in life. And if anybody is trying to jump in and, and deter me and take me off the tracks, bitch, no, you got to go somewhere and I, I, I'm going to have to let you go on by the, way, the wayside. So let it go. Let family members go. If you have to, friendships that should have ended five years ago, let it go. If that's hard, pray on it. And, and, and envision yourself being freed from those type of shackles and, and living your life peacefully. And you have to learn to love yourself above anyone. Anytime you see a bitch that loves herself, that's a threat to people who want to prey on us. Anytime you see a bitch who really loving on herself and really give a fuck about herself and really just feeling herself, that is such a threat on people who prey on other people. You know, oftentimes the girls be talking about like, you know, you got to forgive and let go in order to get... Nah, bitch. I ain't got to forgive you for shit. I ain't got to forgive you. I don't. I could just let you go. I don't know who fucking lied to us saying, you know, forgiveness is... It's really for you. It's, you know, you really got to forgive. And when you forgive, you let all that shit go. No. I don't know. Bitch, I don't forgive so many people. None of that shit worked. Hell no, bitch. I could just fucking let you go. Goodbye. <laughs> Bitch, please. So, listen. If there's something in your life that is urging you to move on or somebody in your life that that it ain't fitting right, you know, if there's that, you know, if something ain't fitting right, something don't feel right, listen. Sometimes that be spirit. Sometimes that do be your ancestors or the universe or God trying to let you know. Listen. Sit in that solitude. Sometimes you got to sit up in that solitude and figure it out. Everybody ain't supposed to be up in your life because what also really sucks is you want to have people in your life that want to be there, that love you so that you can share that with them. That's a gift that you can give with them. So 
if you feel some people ain't supposed to be there, bitch, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just letting you know, just letting you know, they might gotta go, okay, now, that is the end of that, I appreciate you guys for listening. Episode two is done. I really appreciate y'all so much. Thank you guys so much for the support. It means the world. Again, sending your questions to ask at the Solomon Ray podcast. You can follow me on, I guess, pretty much everywhere, bitch. Solomon Ray music on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, also let me know if I should do ladies night again. I'm trying to think about doing it once a month or every other week. I'm still thinking about it, but anyways, I will see you guys next Thursday with another episode. Have a blessed weekend. Goodbye.